working it out. This is what we'll be talking about for the next couple of weeks. And if I had a subtitle, uh, my subtitle would be Walk It Out. It's your turn. It's your turn. As Christians, there are some things that define who we are, right? Uh, when someone comes in contact with a believer, with a true believer, a true Christian, there are certain characteristics, there are certain behaviors, there are certain values that they will eventually encounter when they come in contact with us. Uh, when they don't encounter these things, it usually leads to two questions. Um, are Christians not what I thought they were? Or is this person not a real Christian? Why? Because being a Christian doesn't entail just what we do in church. It actually entails what we do in life. See, people recognize the followers of Jesus not because of their time that they spent in the temple, but because of how they were walking out what Jesus said outside of the temple. See, it's not our job to just hear good sermons. It's more of our job to be good sermons. Not just to get the message and take notes and then never uh, look at the message again and you've got the message somewhere in your trunk somewhere or it's somewhere buried in your notes app. But our job is to pour over what God has said and then apply it to our life. The word of God is the cookbook in the kitchen. You can read it all day long, but until you actually do what it says, you're just going to be hungry. That's it. We have to actually do it. Just hearing sermons aren't enough. We can't just come to church or listen to a podcast or a YouTube message and think, you know what? I've done all that I need to do. That's it. Church is not a motivational moment to, to give you a good energy or a positive spin. This is the very word of God. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says, we have the very living word of God, which is full of energy, like a two-mouthed sword. It will even penetrate to the very core of our being where soul and spirit, bone and marrow meet. It interprets and reveals the true thoughts and the secret motives of our heart. This isn't Aesop's fable. This isn't a history book. This isn't just something that's in the encyclopedia or something that we just all happen to have. This book is life. This is the guide for our lives. You know, sometimes, some of us, we, we come to church, we hear the sermon, we check off our, you know, I came to church on Sunday checklist. You know, we, we say, you know what, I did what I need to do. And then we assume because we heard it that our situations are just going to magically change. That's not what happens. We have a responsibility not just to hear the sermon, not just to hear the word of God, but to actually walk it out. The purpose of the sermon, the purpose of the message is to give you practical understanding so that you can apply it to your life and actually do it. James chapter 1. James chapter 1 verse 22. Christina, could you uh, hand me my Bible? I know it's up there on the screen, but I like to have it. James chapter 1 verse 22 through 25. 
It says, but prove yourselves doers of the word, actively and continually obeying God's precepts, and not merely listeners who hear the word but fail to internalize its meaning, deluding yourselves by unsound reasoning contrary to the truth. For if anyone who only listens to the word without obeying it, he's like a man who looks carefully at his natural face in the mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he immediately forgets what he looked like. But he who looks carefully, he who looks carefully into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and faithfully abides by it, not having become a careless listener who, who forgets, but an active doer who obeys. He will be blessed and favored by God in what he does in his life of obedience. See, James is saying that hearing the word isn't enough. But he said we should be actively, continually obeying God's precepts. He says we have to be active doers and not just careless listeners. And then as a bonus, he says as a result, there's a promise attached to it. He says that the doer is blessed and favored by God in what he does as he's obedient to what is written. He's saying we got to walk it out. He's saying we actually have to do what it says. If you would allow me, I, I saw this in the Passion Translation, and I, I just, I love the way it said it. So I'm going to read it again, James chapter 1, verse 22. He says, don't just listen to the word of truth and not respond to it, for it is the essence of self-deception. So always let this word become like poetry written and fulfilled by your life. If you listen to the word and don't live out the message you hear, you become like the person who looks in the mirror of the word to discover the reflection of his face in the beginning. You perceive how God sees you in the mirror of the word, but then you go out and forget your divine origin. But those who set their gaze deeply into the perfecting law of liberty are fascinated by and they respond to the truth they hear, and they're strengthened by it, and they experience God's blessing in all that they do. James says, hearing the word and not doing it is the essence of self-deception. What does that mean? By not being a doer, you are deceiving yourself into believing that you're a believer. You're deceiving yourself into believing that you are a follower of Christ. Wait, Pastor Keenan, are you, are you saying that if I just come to church and, and I, don't, uh, I just don't do it and I'm just here every Sunday that I'm not really a Christian? No, I'm not saying that. Not at all. James is saying that. The Bible is saying that. John chapter 8, verse 31. John chapter 8, verse 31. So Jesus was saying to the Jews who had believed him, 
If you abide in my word, continually obeying my teachings and living in accordance with them, then you are truly my disciples. Then you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth regarding salvation and the truth will set you free. Free from what? Free from the penalty of sin. So no, I didn't say it. Now Jesus said it. Jesus said the obedience to his teachings is the verifier of whether you're a follower of Jesus. He said it's the verifier of whether you are a true disciple or not. Not the hearing of his teachings, not the listening of his teachings, not subscribing to the YouTube channel of his teachings, but the obedience of his teachings. John chapter 10, verse 27, just a couple of, of pages over. Jesus here is saying, uh, Jesus here is talking, it's in the red. He says, the sheep that are my own, hear my voice and listen to me. I know them and they follow me. Hear. Listen, follow. See, if we're true believers, if we are his sheep, and we can't live a life of just hearing. We have to listen and then internalize what we're hearing, and then we walk it out just like Jesus did, following his example. Hear, listen, and follow. See, the Bible is, is a book of instructions and applications that apply to every single aspect of our life. It is the guidance for the things that we will encounter. It is the guidance for the people that we will encounter. It is the guidance for the issues that we will encounter. But if it's no use to us if we just look at it as a motivational toolkit. Oh, I'm feeling down today. You know what? Let's just, let me just get in here and see what the Bible has to say. Oh, you know what? I feel better. No, you need to do it. Don't feel better because you're going to feel bad later. You actually need to do it. Here's the thing. We have to take time to open it up, let it read us because sometimes we just read it. But sometimes we need to let the word read us. Because sometimes the word will tell you about yourself. Okay? It will step on your toes. It will challenge you. It will tell you who you really are. It will tell on you. Sometimes you need to let the word read you and then do what it says. See, we will be held accountable for everything written in these pages. And we don't have the excuse of our jobs. We don't have the excuse of our schedules, our, our kids' sports, or our, our lack of time management. We don't have that excuse. Oh, God, I'm sorry I didn't read your word, but, you know, I just I had the football game. It was the Raiders. And, uh, we don't have an excuse. God gave us instructions, and he spoke on topics that he expected us to live out. Not only live out, but he wanted us to live it out loud. He wanted us to walk it out. Matthew chapter 5, 
verse 16. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they would see your good deeds and moral excellence and recognize and honor and glorify your father who is in heaven. We, we, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. He says, let your light shine. The reason that he said this is because most people will come to know Christ through you walking out what the scriptures say. Yes, there will be some, some, some God miracle moments. There will be some moments where God will just reveal himself to people. But he sent us. He told us to go. Go, therefore. He told us to go. Why would he tell us to go if he never actually intended us to do what he said? He said, I'm sending you. A lot of times we think it's somebody else's job. Oh, no, that's the pastor's job. Loose here? No, not at all. It's my job to do what God has called me to do, but it's our job collectively to go out into this city, to go out into this nation, to go out into your neighborhoods, into your job, into your families, into what you do, and be the light of Christ. That's your job. We have to walk it out. Somebody's salvation moment will happen because of you walking it out. Someone is going to come to know Jesus because of you walking it out. Someone will come to know Jesus because of your life of worship. Someone is going to come to know Jesus because of your serving. Someone is going to come to know Jesus because of your giving. Someone is going to come to know Jesus because of your testimony. It's our job to walk it out. My challenge in this sermon series is for us to move from a place of just hearing to a place of doing. We hear a good sermon, then we internalize that, and we start giving it to people Monday through Saturday. See, I look at it, and this is, you know, it's kids, let me rephrase that. I look at it like, A, a weapon. And we get ammunition for that weapon on Sunday. And Monday through Saturday, we, we're, we, oof. Because when you receive this word, when you get this, you're instantly going to be challenged on it. Soon as you get into the parking lot, soon as you get home, soon as you get to work, soon as you, re- you're going to be challenged on it. Why? Because we don't. The enemy wants to take that seed from you. He wants to take that seed from you. Our job is to say, no, 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 no. This is firmly planted in my heart. And I recognize the enemy. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to walk it out even more now. We have a, thank you. Do we have a sermon? We talk, oh, you talk about a sermon on forgiveness. Yeah, I didn't get any amens on that. So we do a sermon on forgiveness, and then Monday comes around, and, ooh, Sunday afternoon. You're like, I just heard this sermon, but you going to make me, 
you have an opportunity right there to say, no, you know what, I'm going to walk in forgiveness. Not today, Satan, not today. We have an opportunity right then because that's how change happens. You receive it, right? We don't want to be the fattened calves. We just getting this word. We just getting good word, and we just getting it, getting it, and we just sitting on it, just getting, just getting fat off the word. He says, "No, I'm giving you this so that you can give it out, so that you can walk it out, so that you can live it out." And I know that some of these things that that, that are in here are difficult things. It's difficult to forgive somebody after they've purposefully wronged you. It's difficult to walk in love. To somebody when they disrespected you. Hallelujah. It's difficult. It's not easy. It's difficult to have faith in a time when there's so much uncertainty. When the news is pumping fear, when TV is pumping fear, when social media is pumping fear, it's difficult to have faith. It's difficult to give financially when you don't know what's going to happen next concerning your finances. It's difficult. I understand that. But the logo for Christianity is a cross, not a couch. Difficulty is part of course. Difficulty is going to happen. However, we have to remember that it's not our strength that allows us to walk it out. It's not us. You cannot do it in you. It is only through the supernatural strength of the Holy Spirit living in us that we are able to do what God has called us to do. And if you're wondering why sometimes you hear a message and then you go and try to do it and it doesn't work, have you enabled the Holy Spirit to get involved? Or did you just try to walk it out yourself? Try to walk it out by yourself? I keep trying this Jesus thing. I keep trying this faith thing. I keep trying this giving thing. I keep trying this forgiveness thing, and it's not working. Yeah. You're not that strong, clearly. You need to get the Holy Spirit involved. Because it's the Holy Spirit that will come in, and it's the Holy Spirit that will give you the, the power. It's the Holy Spirit that will give you the, the, the energy, the, the, the patience that you need. Amen. The Holy Spirit that will give you that and allow you to walk that thing out. It is not our ability or our lack of ability that moves God. It is our yieldedness and our obedience that moves him. It is not our ability or lack of ability that moves God. It's our yes. It's our yes. It's our okay, God. I don't get it. I don't know what's happening. I don't understand, but I'm going to let you, you, you God, I'm going to let you do your thing, Jesus. I'm a, it's, it's our yieldedness and our obedience that moves him. It's in our going even though we don't understand. It's in our moving even though we don't see the whole picture. It's, it's in our yes to him that opens up the door for blessing. It's in our yes to him that opens up the door for miracles. It's, it's in our yes to him that gives us access to the strength and the grace that we need to walk this life out and see results in our lives. It's in that yes. Here's my desire. This, 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 you know, this is really what I, my hope is and my desire is. My hope and desire is for you to see God move in your life in such a way.
that you cannot contain it. That you cannot, that you have to say multiple times that that was nobody but God. Why? Because something happens in you when you begin to walk out the word of God and God begins to move. There's a boldness that stirs up on the inside of you. There's a confirmation that stirs, an affirmation that stirs up inside of you. You start getting excited about that thing. You start seeing God move and then you start going telling people and somebody, how you doing? Oh, I'm blessed and how you shouldn't ask me that. Why? Because we're walking out what God has told us to do, and we've seen God move miraculously in our lives. We've, we've had our family restored to us. We've had our finances restored. We've had healings take place. We've had people come to Jesus, that person that you've been praying for. We've had marriages that are restored. Why? Because I chose to walk it out. Because I chose to walk it out. Oh, Luke chapter 17, verse 11 through 14. I got to get out of here. While Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem, he was passing along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, he was met by 10 lepers who stood at a distance, and they raised their voice and called out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Verse 14, when he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourself to the priests. See these next couple of words right here. As they went, they were miraculously healed and made clean. As they went, they were healed. See, there were plenty of, of, of miracles recorded in, in, in which Jesus does the healing right then and there. But in this instance, Jesus told them to go. And because they had faith, because they had a trust and a, and a personal confidence in God, in his power, in his word, they went. And as they walked out their faith, as they moved in obedience, they received their healing. What is God ready to do in your life that requires your obedience? What is God ready to do in your life that requires you to walk it out? What is God ready to do in your life that requires you to move even though you don't see the whole picture? By the way, if you saw the whole picture, it wouldn't be called faith. What is God ready to do? As I close, we, we might ask God, why am I going through this? Or why do I have to do this? Or, or why do I need to go speak to that person? Why am I, I battling through this struggle? Why, God, why? And in those moments, we get tied up in us. We get tied up in how we feel. We get tied up in what we want to do or how we would have handled it. But I've come to realize that our situations are less about us and more about us walking it out so that God can get the glory in our situation. I got to get out of here. John chapter 9, verses 1. John chapter 9, verses 1, and I'm, I'm going to get out y'all way. John chapter 9, verse 1. Afterwards, as Jesus walked down the street, because if you play, I'm going to hurry up, okay? Afterwards, as Jesus walked down the street, he noticed a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, teacher, whose sin caused this guy's blindness? His own 
or the sin of his parents? Verse 3, Jesus answered, neither. It happened to him so that you could watch him and experience God's miracle. While I'm with you, it's daytime, and we must do the works of God who sent me while the light shines. For there's coming a dark night when no one will be able to work. As long as I am with you, my life is the light that pierces the world's darkness. Then Jesus spat on the ground. He made some clay with his saliva. He anointed the blind man's eyes with the clay. And he said to the blind man, now go. Go. Go, 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 go. And wash the clay from your eyes in the ritual pool of Siloam. Next three words. So he went. He went to wash his face, and as he came back, he could see for the first time of his life. This caused a stir among the people, and they noticed the blind beggar was now seeing, and they began to say one another, isn't this the blind man? See how people want to bring up your past? Isn't this the blind man who once sat and begged? Some said, no, it can't be him. Others said, it looks just like him. And people said, it has to be him. And the man kept insisting, I am the man who once was blind. So they asked him, what happened to you? See, this is what I'm saying. Whew. This is what I'm saying. When you live the word of God out in your life, when, when you come to know Jesus and a change happens in your life, when you, when you see the miracle of God taking place and other people begin to see it in your life, they begin to ask you, what happened to you? He replied, I met the man named Jesus. He rubbed clay on my eyes and said, what did he say? What did he say? He said, go. Go to the pool named Siloam and wash. Here we go again. So I went. And while I was washing the clay from my eyes, I began to see for the first time ever. He said, go. So I went. He said, love, so I love. He said, give, so I give. He said, walk, so I walk. He said, quit, so I quit. He, he said it, so I went. I'm sure there were plenty of times where this man asked, and I'm sure the parents asked and wondered why he was blind. Why did he have to go through this? Why did he have to walk this out? Why did he have to endure it? And Jesus said, he had to walk this out for this moment right here, right now. So that over 2,000 years later, people would still be hearing about this story and be encouraged to trust God and walk out his word. See, some of the things that we have to walk out might not be pretty. It might not be fuzzy. This is life. And so some of life's things are pretty. Some of the things are, are hurtful. And some of the things are, we may not understand. But I challenge you today as we walk into this series to dive deeper in the Word of God, to dive deeper in your relationship with Jesus and begin to walk it out. Begin to walk out what he's saying in his Word and watch him get the glory from your victory. But it only happens 
when we decide to not just be hearers, but be doers. When we decide to move from just listening to it to actually walking it out. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for all that you have called us and what you said, God. I thank you, Lord, for, for, for what you've spoken to us today. That we make a change, God, from just being hearers of your word to actually being doers. So many things in your word. And you said that, that we would do the things that you do and even more. But it only happens when we're obedient to what you said. And so, God, as a church, we make a commitment to make a shift from neutral to drive, from just being hearers to being doers. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah.